Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Here we go. It is the Daily Tip from BQL presented by Ben MGM. Time to get up because it is a football Friday and we will kick off week nine in the NFL by looking back at last night's Thursday night battle in Pittsburgh between the Steelers and Chelsea's Titans at 640. We're going to look ahead to Sunday's games with a twist as we try and handicap some of the worst matchups in the league since we've got a ton of bad quarterbacks playing this weekend. And I mean, a ton. We will wrap things up in the 7 o'clock hour with our Pick 6 segment as we hand out our favorite plays on this Football Friday. And we got to do it. The NBA season is underway. We're going to take a look at some of the futures odds on the board at BetMGM, including Wimby continuing to shorten as the Rookie of the Year after he went off last night. Then during the 8 o'clock hour, Scott Braun for Foul Territory TV to give us some perspective on the end of the season of Major League Baseball. Bobby Stanley Jr. gives us his favorite NFL prop plays at 8.20, followed by our best bets at 8.45. Chelsea, it's a Friday. You won your bets last night. How are things going there in Hendersonville, Tennessee? Good morning. I would say they're doing pretty well because even though my Titans lost the game last night, We have ourselves a quarterback, my friends. Will Levis actually looked like he could complete a pass last night, which is something that Titans have not experienced in quite some time. So it was nice watching an offense that actually worked somewhat. I know the Titans only scored 16 points, but here's Mm -hmm. the thing. It was only Will Levis's second NFL game. I feel like there is so much to work with there as opposed to what we saw in like Malik Willis. So I think that that is the silver lining for Titans fans last night, even in a loss. So you're a believer in what you saw, even though he wasn't exceptional, but you saw enough on the field to make you think this is the guy for the future? Yeah. Like, did you see some of the passes he completed? Like, here's the thing. The bar was so low for quarterbacks for the Titans that anything that, you know, could just move the chain Mm -hmm. and complete some passes would be more than enough in my eyes. Again, I know they didn't win the game. I think there was some bad play calling as well that kind of handcuffed us for being a little cowardly. Mm -hmm. But still, like you saw the throws that needed to be completed, 
And I thought he showed pretty good poise. Like, obviously, that last drive is not what you want to see. But again, it's a second game in the NFL. Most rookies really struggle their first year in the NFL. So I at least think that there are plenty of things that the Titans can work on and he can get better. Yeah, I think that's a good analysis. And certainly you would know having watched the ups and downs for the Titans, particularly at that position. We will talk more about that game in just moments. But speaking of looking good on the field, you were looking good with your bets last night. Couple of winners again, Chelsea. Yeah, I had a couple of prop plays in last night's Thursday night football game. Had DeAndre Hopkins over 53 and a half receiving yards is my best bet. This was a winner by overtime. The security blanket for Will Levis had a couple of big catches in the first half. However, wasn't as much involved in the second half that um, only finished with 60 yards, but still well enough uh, over the prop of 53 and a half. Also had Deontay Johnson over 56 and a half receiving yards, banking on him being the trustworthy receiver for the Steelers. He finished with 90 and also, I believe, the game-winning touchdown. Uh, so uh, I finished 2-0, and which was nice. Going into the weekend with a little bit of steam, you love to see it. You love to see it. I finally got off the schneid here. Had a 3-1 and night, so... Ooh, needed that one. Had the Oilers on the money line hosting the Stars. That was a loser. Stars won 4-3, but had Canucks on the three-way money line against the Sharks. Oh, my God. How bad are the Sharks? The Canucks win 10-1. to Holy Lord. You never see Oof. that in hockey. Oh, my God. So bad. Also had the Steelers on the money line. That was a winner. Also had Titans Steelers under 38. That was a winner as well. As for the Donkster, an even night, one and one. Bruins money line hosting the Leafs. Bruins win in a shootout, three to two. But had the Caps plus money hosting the Isles and the Isles with a shutout here in DC, three nothing. So for the week, Chelsea, very nice job. You are four and three. I am four and five, and the Dogster is three and three. It is a daily tip from BetQL, presented by our good friends at BetMGM, the king of parlays. And if you're going to be with us for the next three hours. Our king of parlays is Double D. Stick around for his DeGen parlay at the end of the show. He always likes to go into college football. We're going to talk some NFL right now. Last night in the Steel City, the Steelers topped the Titans 20-16. to Steelers laying three points. They went up to minus 190 on the money line by kickoff. Total set at 37. The under still hits by a point. Kenny Pickett gets to start at quarterback despite dealing with that rib injury. And he comes through late in the fourth quarter with the Steelers down three. Pickett to the end zone. Touchdown! And there it was. Deontay Johnson finally gets into the end zone. Al Michaels with the call on Amazon Prime, and he said finally because it was Johnson's first touchdown since 2021. The Steelers scoring with just over four minutes left on the clock. The defense does the rest. So the Steelers find a way, and they never make it easy. Four of their five wins this season have been in games in which they've trailed in the fourth quarter. All five of their wins have come by eight points or less. And they are just the 29th team since 1970 to be outgained in each of their first eight games and still have a winning record. It's never pretty for the Steelers, Chelsea, but somehow they pulled it out. Yeah, uh, the Titans had a chance late in this game with about four minutes left. They got the ball back. However, this is the time where Will Levis did not deliver, deliver because for me as a Titans fan, 
the main takeaway is still at least we have a quarterback moving forward. On the flip side, Kenny Pickett looked very up and down in this game. Of mm. course, he did enough to uh, secure the win for the Steelers, but a lot of it was the defense kind of clamping down in the red zone. We kind of knew that going in, and I think that was yeah. part of the handicap of uh, securing the under there because both of these defenses are great in the red zone. Uh, however, in the middle of the field, uh, it was a great game for props. It, it felt like there were a lot of props in this game uh, that ended up coming home, but uh, it was very disappointing, especially some of the cowardly play calling that I saw from Mike Vrabel. <laughs> Maybe it was Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator. I'm not sure who was in charge of that, but I think it was at the end of the half. The Titans had a third down play. And Will Levis had just finished driving the ball all the way down the field, dinking and dunking and completing some passes to over the middle of the top that were really nice. And then they decided to do this cowardly little handoff and time was expiring and they settled for a field goal. Boy, did that come to bite them uh, at the end because if they would have gone for the touchdown there, it felt like the game may have gone differently. So it's very disappointing to see stuff like that. And I'll say the first of this game was not fun to watch. It felt like there were a thousand penalties. In fact, I think Pittsburgh was one of the least penalized teams in the Mm -hmm. entire NFL for the entire season. And then last night, they started the game with like 95 yards of penalties. So once again, Thursday night football games continue to be a little bit of a dumpster fire. But still, I guess the end result is all that matters for the Steel City. I'll tell you, they are hard to watch. And honestly, when you think about these two teams, the Steelers and Titans and sort of how they play football, it's it's one thing. Yes, it's Thursday night. It's a short week. These primetime games tend to be ugly, but also these two teams sort of win ugly, particularly the Steelers. I, I'm not high on the Steelers, but this is why I'm high on Mike Tomlin. And I feel like it's a tired narrative, but it's a true narrative, which is He just does more with less. The Steelers aren't great. Kenny Pickett didn't look great, but they rely on that defense, and they do just enough. And when I was talking about how four of their five wins this season have come when trailing in the fourth quarter sort of speaks to that. They kind of pull it out at the end, but it's they're never going to make it easy on themselves. What is your takeaway when you talk about Will Levis and play calling? Were they just not turning him loose enough? Do you feel like they were trying to protect him a little more than they should have? No, I don't think so. It was just that one play call. He threw it 39 times. He went way over his passing prop, finished with 262 yards. So it's not like they were being conservative with him. It was Mm -hmm. just that one situational call at the end of the half that kind of made me mad because when they let him loose and when they let him throw it, he was very effective for the most part of the game. And it feels like when you have an effective passer – It really helps the run game. Like, this is fundamental stuff when it comes to the offense in the NFL. But we saw it. Derrick Henry had a much better game in this one. And, oh, by the way, I think after this game, I want to say he is towards the top of the leaderboard when it comes to overall rush yards in the NFL. Feels like nobody's talking about Derrick Henry. I know he's been on the trade block. Uh, but I am glad that the Titans kept him. I love Derrick Henry. Uh, and I have a little bit more faith in this offense moving forward. I know it's not really uh, seen in the scoreboard, but still, I think people watching this game probably thought Will Levis looked like the better quarterback. I think he did look like the better quarterback. It's just interesting to me. I mean, this is part of being a rookie, right? You throw four touchdowns last week, then last night he goes 22 of 39, no touchdowns, first career interception. Didn't look bad, but... We're talking about his second career start. So how much 
impetus are you going to put on? Oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to make my narrative. I'm going to decide what sort of quarterback he's going to be in the league right now. You can't do that, but I agree with you. He has a live arm. He looks like he will be that guy and that maybe they have their quarterback of the future. But I will also say, I'm glad to see finally, because I've struggled this week. I'm glad to see a game script go sort of the way that I thought it would go. Even though I know Will Levis threw the ball a lot, I also figured they would feed Derrick Henry on the ground. 17 carries, so not as much as I thought. But in the red zone, these teams sort of clam up, have a hard time punching in. Although I was a little worried early on because the Steelers scored in their first drive in Chelsea. That is the first time that Pittsburgh has scored all year long on the first drive of the game. So they kind of settled into the slog fest. I thought it would be, even though it didn't start off that way. Do you think the Titans should, should keep Derrick Henry? I, I, I feel like he's criminally at least this season, not overall, but over the past end of last season, start of this season, I feel like we're not talking about Derrick Henry at all. Well, it depends on what they can get back for him. Like that's always the question. It is always right. dependent on the haul that you can haul in for Derrick Henry. So if they can get enough for him, yeah. Because right now the Titans aren't playing for a ton. It feels like they're still like kind of alive for the AFC South just because it's such a bad division. But it yeah. looks like the Jaguars are probably going to end up taking the AFC South. So if you are listening for offers and somebody gives you enough for him, obviously your ears need to be listening. But as a fan, obviously I don't want to see him go. He feels like a great uh, superstar to have on your team. He seems very humble. He puts in the work. And when mm -hmm. he gets going, he certainly gets going. Uh, but here's the thing about betting, too, because this one could have gone a different way with four minutes left in the game. Like, this one yeah. was a sweat for the total and the spread. Yep. You know, if the Titans would have marched down the field and scored a touchdown – you know, all of a sudden, this game goes completely different. So, yes, the final score looks like it was an under game the whole way, but not necessarily the case. Like, for a while there in the first half, they were scoring pretty easily. Yeah. Oh, no. It was when I started watching this game, and again, when the Cedars scored immediately, I'm like, oh, God, you got to be kidding me. We're definitely going to hit the over here. And then I thought, well, at least I have the Steelers, but I'm with you. It was a real sweat, and the Titans had a couple chances late, so they were really close to completely flipping the total and the side on its head like you were talking about. I, I have to mention, did you see that play in the first quarter with T.J. Watt? Clear face mask on him. His helmet gets ripped off, and this guy is such an animal. He continues to chase Will Levis and still gets the sack. No helmet on. Penalty on the Titans, that guy is an absolute beast. When you talk about a football player, that is a football player. I think this is the moment where I wish that you could see players' faces the entire time because this huh. was such an electrifying moment, except for the part where you could see the saliva coming out of his mouth because they did it in slow-mo, and you could see this one string of spit like coming out of T.J. Watt's mouth, and you're just like, I didn't need to see that in slow-mo. Like, it was a primal scream. It was electric, mm -hmm. and I'm glad that we got to see his face for once because usually they have the helmets on. Uh, but that was very gross, and I was trying to eat dinner. <laughs> sorry about that. I'm sorry that interrupted your dinner. But, man, I'll tell you one thing. That Steelers defensive line with Watt and those guys, and, and really, they are the reason why that – that the Steelers won this game because late when Will Levis had a chance to win it, it's that pressure that they it's that pressure that they put on the quarterback to force the quarterback into making 
bad decisions or making bad throws. Certainly the strength of the Steelers. Before we go to break, what do you make of Pittsburgh moving forward? Because here they are sitting at 5-3, and three, getting ready to host the Packers on November 12th, and they're right in the hunt of the division, but are they good enough to really be a division champion in that division? I think so. You know, yeah. they play games ugly, but again, I'm trying not to read into too much of one game because you see the final scores and they do have some wins under their belts. But if you watch these games, like this offense still has major problems and you can't blame it all on Matt Canada. Like Kenny Pickett was not making some of the throws in the right. first half. So they have some major problems moving forward. Are they a team that you really want to trust? No, but maybe they'll get the job done. And maybe if you can find some value at plus money on the Steelers, maybe that's the way you play them. Maybe that or just look at those unders. If you get them in prime time or in a spot where it looks like that might hit, definitely an under squad. They've hit the under again and again this season. Coming up next here on the show, we are midway through the year in the NFL. Time to find out which teams are looking like playoff contenders and if we should put down some futures money. That is coming up next, isn't it? Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It's the Friday Jazz Review. I'm Jinx, he's Chelsea. Ooh, Double D, turn it up. Yeah. Shout out to uh, the band. I got Chelsea back here. She's having a great month. Sounds great with all of her bets. She just keeps winning. Chelsea, you have to be pumped. I know you went through a rough spot there for a while, which if you've done this long enough, everyone does. But I feel like your past month, month and a half, you've been on a little mini heater. The Chelsea train can't be stopped. That's what I say. Well, I mean, over the last month, yes. But this week, what am I, four and three? So it's not like I'm going to throw a parade for four and three when I'm capable (laughs) of having a losing week dependent on my picks over the weekend. So, yes, uh, I think the goal is to not react too much to the highs and the lows. So right now I'm trying to keep as even keeled uh, coming off some of these wins. But, Jenks, remember that guy that was trolling us yesterday for our plays mm-hmm. that lost? Yeah. Where was that guy today after our picks when a combined, what, uh, five and one last night? Yeah. How come he's not commenting gifts on our picks from last night? Where is he? Yeah. Where's that guy? Particularly when it comes to you. You went two and oh. I went three and one. So that's definitely a winning night. Where are you, guy? Probably bearing another body in his basement, like I talked about. He's got a busy schedule. He's got a busy. (laughs) Listen, he's not up. What a body part to chop up. He's been, yes, he's been up all night dismembering people, shoving them in a crawl space, pouring down some concrete. He's like, what a night. I'll catch up with the with the picks on the daily tip later when I log on to Twitter. I've been up (laughs) all night long. Oh, and I don't have time to actually listen in the morning. Ah. Yeah, it's it's amazing how people like that go silent. Of course, me, I just sent him an insult and blocked him. But I'm sure you were much better about sort of taking it and saying, all right, what do you have to say now? Me, I don't have the time for that, but good on you for you put up with it. You have a lot more tolerance for that than I do. 
Well, I didn't say anything back. I'm just saying it now because I think it's funny. Even though, what percentage of our listeners do you think have buried a body? Like, maybe there's one of them. Yeah. Like, just from the percentages? One. Yes. <laughs> there's always one. There's always one. I would say maybe, I don't know, 2% of our listeners. 2%? A couple of people. Like, yeah, 2%. Not a lot. I like to think of most of our listeners are upstanding people. They have morals. They have values. They don't kill people. They're not murderers. But I would say about 2%, you know, they'll put some money down and they'll say, ooh, I like this Chelsea, this Chelsea play, this Chelsea Messengers play on the over for Deontay Johnson. I'm going to play that and then I got to go buy a shovel. I got some work to do. Probably like that. Well, maybe it's the same personality trait, but just to a much higher level. Because isn't it the same rush of adrenaline when you win a bet? I would imagine there's uh, probably yes. no greater rush of adrenaline than like when you kill somebody, right? God. Yeah, it's like, dude, Deontay Johnson hit his prop and I just suffocated a guy. I'm 2-0 tonight. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Woo! I don't know which one was better. I'm getting a rush. Oh, that's a huge Like, night think about a that killer. for a second. Have you ever even punched somebody? Because I think when I am in a like verbal argument with somebody, that's when my mm -hmm. blood really gets pumping. I cannot imagine like a physical altercation. You've punched somebody before, right? How does it yes. feel? Well, it's uh, it is an adrenaline rush, but then there's. I was much younger, obviously. I've not done this recently. I've not punched someone in the last <laughs> year or two. So this is when I was younger. I mean, it's just. I think it's because you're just. You're not fully developed, I would think. Look, you see grown men punch each other all the time. Maybe that's not it. But at least for me, you just have a visceral reaction without thinking through what you're doing. I've always, I've had this discussion with Catherine. I'm afraid now. Like, I'm not a huge guy, but I can't throw a punch. I know that. And also, I wear a huge ring, like my college ring, on my, my finger, my right ring finger. And I'm always afraid. You see this from time to time. I have no plans on punching anyone. But my worst fear is if it came to that point where I did punch someone for whatever reason, if you catch them the wrong way, especially when you have a piece of metal on your hand, you can kill somebody. You know, accidentally, you see that sometimes. Of course, always catastrophize, right? Like you catch somebody the wrong way. It's, you know, you exchange blows. It should be over. But maybe you catch someone in the jar at a temple and then you kill someone and then you're in jail. So that's my worst case scenario. And I don't have time for jail. I'm too old for that. I would last an hour in jail. Well, these are thoughts of somebody who doesn't go around punching people. Like, I right. doubt people who are getting in bar fights all the time even consider this. Like, I'm pretty sure this thought has never entered their mind. And even if it did, they're like, huh, it's a chance I'm willing to take. Uh, I just... I find it interesting, the demographic of people who are gamblers. Like, I would mm -hmm. imagine 95% of them are pretty normal people who are betting, mm -hmm. like, 5 to $10 a play. Like, nothing major. But here's the thing about, like, adrenaline junkies. Doesn't it feel mm -hmm. like once you have started down the path of doing adrenaline high-type things that you don't want to quit? Like, have you met somebody who went, like, skydiving and then all of a sudden they want to do all this crazy stuff? Yeah. I feel like it's a high that's very hard to replicate. I agree with that. I've gone skydiving and I will say that it's one, it, it is the most natural high I've ever experienced in my life. And when I landed, 
I'll never forget this. I, I had so much adrenaline pumping through my system. I just took off in a dead sprint. Once they unhooked me, I sprinted for no reason. I'm in the middle of a field and I just sprinted for like 100 yards because I was so amped and I had so much adrenaline. I just took off because I just needed to get it out of my system. It, it's hard to explain because I've never, I've never had a high like that where these endorphins are all over the place. I was like, I just have to take off because I'm so filled with this, with this energy, with this adrenaline. And so I've never felt anything like that since, but I would imagine for some people, if you experience that, then you're always chasing it, which is why some people become skydivers or maybe they bungee jump or they rock climb, whatever it is, because they're always chasing that feeling. You mean betting the under 38 between the Steelers <laughs> and the Titans didn't God. replicate that high that you got from skydiving? <laughs> wow. Like, wow, I think it would be the nonstop thrill ride that you had skydiving, but I totally get it. You know, potato, potato. Yeah, well, it's just the opposite, actually. A game like that will put you in a coma. There's no adrenaline rush. <laughs> it's just your heart starts to slowly beat like boom, 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 boom. Ooh. Ooh. like i'm tired of watching this game just the opposite when you're watching one of those terrible games chelsea let's talk about playoff odds in the nfl we are essentially at the halfway point of the nfl season most teams having played either eight or nine games out of a 17 game schedule so let's talk about which teams right now could make the playoffs we got a list of teams here of course you can bet all these numbers at bad mgm Last week, Cincinnati is the most interesting case, I think. They went from plus 140 to make the playoffs, now sitting at minus 150. They're doing what they always do. They're bengaling, and that's a good thing. They start off slow. Joe Burrow finds his footing. He gets healthier, and then they start putting together dubs. Are you willing to lay a buck 50? It's juicy, but not terrible on Cincinnati. It feels like the value's all gone, doesn't it? Because mm -hmm. we've talked about this bet uh, weeks past on our show, and we've said, okay, Cincinnati very much alive. If Joe Burrow can get healthy, we know this is a team that really turns it down, uh, on down the stretch. I think I would be more interested in their odds to win the AFC because I think we talked about this last week. They were 9-1. to one. I would have to recheck mm -hmm. the odds and see what they are now. But still, I think you think bigger when it comes to the Bengals, not just for them to reach the playoffs. Because imagine you're one of the top seeds in the AFC and the Bengals sneak into the postseason. Is mm -hmm. this the wild card team you want to play? Hell no, you don't want to face Joe Burrow in the postseason. So I think you think bigger when it comes to the Bengals as opposed to just saying, hey, I'll put down minus 150 on them to simply make the postseason. Okay, I like that bet quite a bit. I'm looking at this board, and once again, it's hard not to believe in the Bengals just with the way that they're playing right now. I'll tell you what I'm not doing, though. Double D, if you want to chime in, you can certainly do this because Double D is our resident Falcons expert. Who has a Falcons expert on their show? Believe it or not, we do on the Daily Tip. Last week, your Atlanta Falcons, Double D, were minus 190 to make the playoffs. Right now, they're fourth in the NFC. Now they are minus 185. They are making the transition at quarterback from Desmond Ritter, whom you could not stand, to Taylor Heineke, the plucky second stringer who you love. Are the Falcons going to make the playoffs? Are you laying this number? The savior of Atlanta? <laughs> Heineke <laughs> is the man. Uh, 
I wouldn't be against laying this number, to be quite honest. Uh, look at the division. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Their biggest competition are the Saints, and the Saints haven't looked anywhere where they need to be this year. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I probably would lay that number. They uh, Heineke brings minus one ninety. It, it, it's for the Falcons, I man. I, I, I come on, I, I, like I Falcons, get, man. I agree with you on Taylor Heineke, but minus one ninety to trust the Falcons. It's juicy. a team that really struggles in the red zone. Because that's the problem with the Falcons. It feels like they get the ball down the field, and then it's like, all right, let's bring in Young Waiku. Let's kick the field goal here. Well, uh, so minus one ninety. There are other ways to bet on the Falcons. Oh, absolutely. What I'm saying. Well, it, let, let's be let's be real too. A lot of that offensive red zone inefficiency has to do with the fact that Desmond Ritter is who he is, and why they've probably moved on to Tyler Heineke. So, I mean, we'll see over the next couple of weeks. Um, it may get juicier. It may not. I don't know. It's going to be weird to see because, once again, just like the Tennessee Titans, Arthur Smith has this team going through the run game first. So, you never know. Well, what are the odds for them to win the division? Like, because that's the better point is if you can get a better price on them to win the division, because isn't that the bet is you're saying that the division is bad and there's a chance they can win the division. So if you get a better bet or a better price on them to win the NFC South, like there you go. They're plus 125 tied with the Saints for the shortest odds in the NFC South. I think that's your better bet right there. If you have faith in the Falcons, take them to win the division. Yeah, I would. Absolutely, 100%. Okay. That's a much better way to play it. Well done, Chelsea. Very good on that. Okay, so we've gotten our Falcons fix in. All those listeners out there. Oh, we got to talk about Atlanta. When are you guys going to talk about the Falcons? Is there any other team on the board that interests you? The Steelers at plus 150 are sort of interesting. Ah, we are talking about that in the first segment in that division in the AFC, I feel like they could find a way to get in their plus 150. They were even money last week, and I bet those odds after last night have probably shortened a little bit. I would have to check. What do you think, Chelsea? I don't know. I, I think maybe it's price dependent. It's worth yeah. a swing, I guess, at plus 150. But it does feel like the Ravens are going to be the class of that division. And then we just talked about the Bengals, who are also in the same division. So it's just the spots start to run out. And despite the wins, it's not like Pittsburgh has blown anybody's door, doors off. They haven't won a single game this year by more than seven points. And so many of these games have been close that maybe it's a team that is due for some regression. Because remember the Vikings last year, how they were winning all of those one-score games? Eventually, the pendulum swings the other way. So I think maybe that's the problem with the Steelers and wanting to trust them, although it is plus money. I think a lot of these are really tied to quarterback issues, too. Uh, because you look at Minnesota, obviously Kirk Cousins went down. That's the the discrepancy in odds. They went from plus 165 to plus 225. And then what do we do with the Browns? Last week they were minus 200 to yeah. make the playoffs. Now they're minus 125. And is Deshaun Watson going to play? He what might. is his deal? <laughs> What's the deal with Deshaun Watson? What's the deal with airplane food and uh. Deshaun Watson? I can't find my sock when I pull it out of the dryer, and I don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to start this weekend with the Browns. Apparently, he's he's worked out the past couple of days, but they won't say whether or not he's going to start. Here's the thing. 
I this is a karma play. I'm not betting on the Browns. I'm damn sure not putting minus money on the Cleveland Browns to make the playoffs because we've talked about it. I was not a fan of them signing Deshaun Watson. And if he's even if he's healthy, Chelsea, he's not exactly been great at all. He's been average at best if he's even in the game. So I'm not banking on the Browns at all, especially at minus money. Yeah, I don't think I would lay, um, like you said, I'm not going to pay any juice on them. But here's the thing, like somebody from the AFC has to make it. So like we've yeah. been like dumping on all these teams, like somebody's got to get these wild card slots in the AFC. So it's not just the division winners that I'm laughing. <laughs> David, man, it's getting smoky in there. He's <laughs> <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Sorry, that oh, interrupted my train of thought. I no, laughed. I was like, hey, I wasn't even looking. I was like, hey, what's, what's going on over what, what's, what's happening over there? Coming up next to the show, I'll tell you one thing I'm tired of hearing this week. I can't wait to see Brett Rippon go head-to-head against Jordan Love. Oh, I've heard it a million times. Forget about the glamour games. We're going to preview the worst quarterback matchups of the week. It is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back on a Friday. The Daily Tip, Rebecca Bell, presented by BetMGM. Coming up shortly, sure, we can handicap the marquee games this Sunday in the NFL. Instead, we're going to get down in the mud and the muck and tell you what we think about the worst quarterback matchups of the week. Chelsea, I have a health update for you. So, I mentioned on the show, I have a cracked rib. I'm trying to recover from this cracked rib. So I say this because last night I decided, not surprisingly, to pop around the corner, have a drink after I had prepared for the show. Didn't stay out very long. But since I know everyone, this is in my neighborhood bar, including the bouncer. It's always good to be tight with the bouncer, right? Nobody's ever going to mess with you. In fact, he told me that much last Saturday. Andre. Andre was like, hey, if anyone ever messes with you, they have to come through me. I was like, I appreciate you, brother. Good to know. And I can sit here calmly. And peacefully. Anyway, so I saw Andre yesterday, and Andre is a massive individual in his 20s, huge dude, as you might imagine. So I walk in yesterday, great to see him, and he gives me a huge hug, but he's so big and he hugged me so hard that I could feel my rib <laughs> ache. And so I appreciate the love and it was really great to see him. But I'm like, you are so large that you just putting your huge bare arms around me is making my rib hurt. So I hope I haven't re-aggravated it after getting a hug from a bouncer from my favorite bar. 
that's where we are. Doesn't that sound like something you shouldn't be doing with a cracked rib is getting hugs from large people? Like you should have told him because I'm sure he didn't know this if you didn't tell him. Most people don't assume that somebody has a cracked rib. But another reason why you shouldn't be giving hugs in the first place. We all know (laughs) I am very anti-hug. So now that's going to be my new excuse. I'm like, oh, God, I've got a cracked rib. Maybe we can do the hug the next time a good excuse jenks i had no well i had no idea i didn't think about it and then i mean i again i'm just the opposite where you know i love to love i'm very touchy-feely in a in an appropriate way but also <laughs> you know i'm not just reaching out like hey how you doing toots and smacking some, not, not that kind of guy but <laughs> you know, old school uh no but i i definitely am someone who you know i I have no no issue showing affinity for someone if I care about them, and and so I I appreciate it, but at the same time I probably should have let Andre know like hey I just you got you got to be careful man I can't I can't handle the the pressure on my rib cage right now so I think I'm okay but it's a weird feeling that from a hug you can feel like the pressure from someone just being so big. Well, didn't you say it hurts when you like breathe? So yes. like obviously if somebody <laughs> touches it. God. <laughs> What do you think oh, is going to happen? I know. Well, the irony is, as soon as that happened, I was like, ooh, I need a drink to take away the pain. Good thing I'm at a bar. Perfect. I can just slide on in here and ah, ease up a little bit on the body. I think I'm going to be just fine. Chelsea, let's talk about the NFL now. Guys that, that suffer much worse things than just a painful hug each week. Of course, we're talking about the NFL. So we get a thriller in Frankfurt Sunday morning. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to a tongue of Vailoa and the Dolphins. Also a huge battle in the afternoon in the NFC East. Dak and the Cowboys taking on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in Philly. We'll talk about those games. How about this list? Clayton Toon and the Cardinals taking on P.J. Walker and the Browns. Brett Rippon and the Rams taking on Jordan Love and the Packers. Danny Dimes and the Giants facing Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders. Jaron Hall and the Vikings facing Taylor Heineke and the Falcons. Ugh, what are we doing here? These are some awful matchups, but you know what? There is still money to be made, regardless of who's starting a quarterback. So let's start with the Browns. Browns and Cardinals. Cardinals are in town. Browns are laying eight and a half points. Total set at 37 and a half. I think you're actually going to play this game. Well, only because I had to pick three plays. So this was my (laughs) final selection. My, eh, I guess somebody else has got to make their roster. So, yeah, I'm going with the Browns minus eight here, just banking on Mm -hmm. the fact that their defense, for the most part, has been good all season long. There have been a couple of hiccups. Like, they gave up, what, 38 points to the Colts. I'm hoping that's Mm -hmm. an anomaly. But still, this Cardinals team also has shown a ton of regression. Regressing, regressing, excuse me, back to the team that we kind of thought we would see at the start mm-hmm. of the season. Now they have a completely new quarterback. It is very difficult to succeed in the NFL. You know, as a high round draft pick in your first game in the NFL, then mm-hmm. you look at a guy who is starting out fresh and has to go against this Browns defense does not feel like a great matchup. And also, we're seeing that Sean Watson is back at practice, so there is a chance that he plays in this one. Uh, So we're not so sure if it's going to be P.J. Walker against Clayton Toon. It may be Deshaun Watson versus Clayton Toon. But the only matchup I'm concerned with here is the Browns' defense versus Clayton Toon. I think that is the calling card here. I'll take the Browns at home here, minus eight. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you here. I like the Browns as well. And for me, it's just it's very simple. PJ Walker has done a nice job of filling in for Deshaun Watson. And even if Deshaun plays, this doesn't change the handicap for me. When you're talking about that Browns defense at home, and again, Clayton Toon, who I believe went to school at Houston. I remember betting on him when he was a Cougar. He was a very good college player, but I don't think he's ready for this Browns defense at all. So it's a weird number. It's kind of a number out in the middle of nowhere. I'm taking the Browns. I think the Browns win by double digits. What about Brett Rippon and the Rams facing Jordan Love and the Packers? I actually would lay the three with the Packers right here. Now, if it got to three and a hook, I would probably go to the other side. I think what we've seen with the Rams are two things. Number one is Matthew Stafford has been propping them up, and he's done a hell of a job this season. Now he has a thumb injury. Before that, he had a rib injury. This is a guy, this is one of the toughest guys in the NFL. Even going back to when he played for the Lions, he was always banged up, but always playing. So you got Brett Rippon in there. I don't think he can hold up this offense. And also, if you look over the past few weeks, we've seen that Rams defense start to regress somewhat. So you get the Packers at home, and Jordan Love needs to perform after the GM came out this week and said, ah, we don't know if this is our guy or not. We'll see. So it's time for Jordan Love to put up a decent game. I'll take the Packers laying the three. I'm on the same side as well because it feels like there are a few teams that rely as heavily on the quarterback position as the Rams do. And yeah. it's a weird thing to say because it's not like Matt Stafford is regarded as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but it's such a pass-heavy offense that you take him out of the mix there and there is so much more pressure put on the run game that never has to do much. They are throwing the mm -hmm. ball, you know, 35 times a game each and every time. So the offense has to undergo a complete makeover here, as opposed to some of these offenses that, you know, they have a, a more of a balance when it comes to the run game. If their quarterback goes down, they're not up a creek without a paddle as much as this Rams team is now that they don't have Matt Stafford in the mix, who is doing an excellent job of feeding his top receivers. So also those receivers are not going to be nearly as effective or deadly if they don't have a good quarterback thrown to him. So at least Brett Rippon has some experience under his belt. This is not mm -hmm. his first time around as a backup quarterback. But still, I'll take the Packers laying the short number at home here. Uh, it is starting to be the time of year where Lambeau Field has a bit of an advantage, although I don't think we're going to see winter weather this weekend. Yeah, I don't think so either. I am with you there, same side. Let's head to Sin City. Oh, God. Daniel Jones and the Giants, Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders. Jimmy G on the bench now. The Raiders are laying a point and a half. The total is 37. I think the under is the way to go here. The Giants offense is just so, so bad. It doesn't matter if Daniel Jones plays or not. In fact, I think you could make the case that the Giants offense is better with Tyron Taylor in the lineup. But Danny Dimes is going to play because he got paid. We don't know what to expect from Aiden O'Connell. I like the under. Yeah, I'll be on that as well. And I think you bump it up to 38 and lay a little extra juice because that's a key number. You think of the yeah. final scores that you might have. Uh, that's where I have landed there. I would rather be a little bit more safe, even though this one feels like both teams could score in the teens here and nobody would be shocked because that's what we've seen all season long. If you look at the Giants, they have hit the over in one total game this year, this year, over under record of one and seven. Then you look at the Raiders, uh, two and six over under record this season, including a perfect three and oh to the under at home so far this year. A no Connell, maybe a step up from the pitiful stats that we've seen Jimmy mm -hmm. Garoppolo spit out. 
But still, I think the only sabotage factor here is we're seeing the vibes change drastically in the Raiders locker room. Because the other anomaly you see in this one is the line. You see a Raiders team that is being dismembered in front of us, but yet they are (laughs) still favorites. But did you see this video of Devontae Adams in the locker room yesterday? It felt like the vibes were much higher. He was playing like pickup basketball with like a little Nerf hoop. And they were saying all this stuff about like, oh, the media is going to say we should be focused on other things. And he like crossed over, he crossed him over and then he like sinks a three from the other side of the, the locker room. And it just feels like from the press conferences they did yesterday, it feels mm-hmm. like there is a presence gone from that locker room that needed to be exercised. So maybe it's a good thing for the Raiders. However, I still don't buy into their offense. I'll still be hitting the under. Yeah, I'm I'm with you as well. I think the Raiders will play more inspired football, I think. And here's the thing. How much inspired. worse? I, well, it's all relative, you right? You being it's fired relative. has inspired us. <laughs> well, think about it this way. Josh McDaniels, I think we all agree, bad head coach. He's the yes. only head coach in NFL history to be fired twice in the middle of the season. Can Aiden O'Connell be any worse than Jimmy G? Jimmy G leads the NFL in interceptions. He's thrown an interception in every single game this season. Last time out, his interception prop was minus 185. That's how you know you're having a bad season as a quarterback. So I kind of like the Raiders here. The under is definitely the play, but I don't know how things could get much worse for the Raiders when you're talking about a head coach who was bad and a quarterback that was bad. So now you get a clean slate with both of those guys, with your head coach and with your signal caller. Yeah, I think the Raiders will play better. They, they can't look a lot worse. I think there's a term for this. Isn't it called the dead cat bounce? Have you heard yes. of this? I have. Yes. What a exactly term. It. What a term. Peter probably hates and, that. <laughs> and also, I like we used dismembered <laughs> talking about serial killers, and you also said dismembered when talking about the Raiders picking apart their lineup, so I'm glad we got it in in both instances. Coming up next year on the show, it's a Friday. You know what that means. We're going to hand out our favorite plays in both college and pro football. Pick six coming your way. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Thanks for waking up with us. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.